We're going to continue our sermon series in First Peter this morning, and we're looking at uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. We're thinking about godly marriage. Uh, I said a few weeks ago when I was here last that uh, this, this can be quite a, 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 one of these topics that make you itch your collar when you're talking about wives submit to your husbands, uh, and we will see how we get on this morning and what God's Word is teaching us. Um, and I also want to say this at the beginning, that we, we as a church, we, um, we stand on God's word. We say that. We say that uh, whenever, you know, the stuff around, you know, what the Bible teaches about marriage that we want to live out. And, and we know our denomination has made changes that we've said, and I've said, that the Kirk Session have agreed that we, we disagree with when it comes to um, same-sex marriage. But what I, what I want us to know, though, is that we can't say that and then ignore everything else the Bible says on marriage. We can't do that. We have to follow what the Bible says on marriage, period. And there's, the Bible speaks a lot about marriage. We'll, we'll touch on some of that this morning. But this is one of the things Scripture says about marriage uh, when it talks about the, the roles and the functions within marriage between wife and husband. But we'll get to that in a few moments. But before we do, and before we read God's Word, let me pray and just ask the Lord for wisdom this morning. Father God, we, um, we thank you for your Word, Lord, and we thank you for all of it. We thank you for every single letter in the Bible. Lord, from the very first letter in Genesis right through to the very last in Revelation, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you that it's there to teach us, to correct us, to edify us, Lord, to build us up, to encourage us, to make us more like you. And Lord, we know that the topics that we can sometimes read in the Bible are countercultural, Lord, and the society would disagree with. But Lord, we ask that you help us to be a people that live out your word, regardless of how difficult it is, Lord. And I ask this morning for wisdom. Ask for grace, Lord. Father, when we talk about these kind of things, it can um, cause people to feel angry, uh, distressed, um, uncomfortable, Lord. And Lord, we know, we read in your word that the gospel is an offensive message. But Lord, we're not meant to be an offensive people. So Father, I ask that as I preach this morning, um, Lord, would you grant me wisdom and grace. Father, anything that isn't of you, would it fall away and would it not even pass my lips? So we ask these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 3 together, verses 1 to 7. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold, jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Amen. Part of me wants to, <laughs> wants to finish there this morning and let God's word speak what God's word says, but we're not going to do that. We're going to 
engage with Scripture, and we will see what the Lord is revealing to us through His incredible Word that is truth to our souls. If you can remember back to two weeks ago, Peter had been speaking about the relationship between citizens and every human institution. They're told to be subject or, or submit would be another way of understanding that, um, for the Lord's sake. He then spoke about um, slaves and their masters, and he, and he called slaves to, um, to be subject to their masters as well. Uh, and pointing to Christ as the example in their suffering. And we said through that, that Peter wasn't condoning slavery, but he was saying, this is how you live. Even in the midst of difficulty, this is how you live as God's people um, uh, through something like what was happening uh, to his audience. He now turns his attention after speaking about Jesus being the, the shepherd and the, the overseer of our souls. He turns his attention now and he speaks to, about the relationship of the kind of family dynamic of husband and wife. And he says, likewise, wives, be subject or uh, submit. And notice who he is saying this to, to your own husbands. Okay, so that's a really important thing that we need to hold on to there. It's speaking about how wives relate to their own husbands. Also, we need to remember that he's speaking to um, the church. So he's talking to Christian wives. Submit or be subject to your own husbands. So what does subject, be subject or submit mean here in the context of, of wives towards their husbands? Well, it might be helpful for us to think for a few moments what it doesn't mean to talk about what Peter isn't saying. Submitting as a wife to your husband doesn't mean that you're going to agree on everything. Because we see that in the very next wee bit here, it says so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one. So they're, they're talking, there's already spiritually there's a difference in the dynamic of the household here. So it's not saying that, wife, you have to just, you know, nod and shake your head whenever your husband says, when he says jump, you ask how high. That's not what this is saying here. Because there's things that you're not going to agree on. And that's okay, because we see that within the example he gives here. So that even if you're a Christian wife and you're married to a non-Christian husband, you're still to be subject or su to submit to them. So, if your husband was to say to you, if he was a non-believer, you can't follow Jesus anymore, as a Christian wife, you're going to go, well, I'm sorry, I disagree with you on that. I have to follow Jesus. He's my first. It's for his sake that we're doing this. He's number one in my life. So, it isn't agreeing on everything. God has made you with a mind, woman of God. You have to think. Your thoughts are important. Your thoughts are worth listening to and heeding. Submitting doesn't mean you stay silent. This isn't some sort of dictatorship or it's not meant to be an oppressive thing. Because actually Peter goes on in verse 6 and he says a really important phrase that is so crucial to this whole topic in verse 6 where he says, Do not fear anything that is frightening. So this isn't done from a state of, of fear or being afraid or being full of terror. This isn't an oppressive thing. Do we see that? This isn't oppressive. You shouldn't, as a wife, be afraid of your husband. That's not what the Bible's saying. That's not what submitting to husbands looks like. 
And husbands, you shouldn't be making your wife afraid. Because they shouldn't fear anything that is frightening. The only fear we should have as God's people is the Lord. He's the one we fear. And that, again, is a really important principle as we begin to engage with what this means. So when this is done well, when it's done in the biblical manner, this is actually a beautiful thing, what Peter is speaking about here. It's positive. It's a blessing. It's nurturing. It isn't terror. It isn't frightening. He's not saying that wives, you must stay in an abusive relationship or be treated like dirt or belittled by your husbands. That's not what he's saying. And if that's what's going on in your life, come and speak to me or, or find someone to speak to, to, to engage with that. Because that's not how God intends for you to live. And just as when we're called to obey the authorities unless they lead us into sin, your submitting should not look like abuse. That's not what Peter is saying here. And if that is what is going on, then I would say, and, and I, I think scripture clearly says that you need to get out of that situation. Flee from it. Because that's not what God's will is for your life, women of God. This isn't putting wife in danger or, or, or letting them be abused. That's not what this is. Sadly, this has been mistreated to, to get to that place by men, power-hungry men who don't understand what leadership in, in, in a Christian family looks like. But that's not what this is saying. Submitting isn't putting your husband before the Lord. Jesus comes first. We seek first his kingdom. Submitting doesn't mean drawing on your husband's spirituality. You're not connected to your husband and then he's connected to Christ. That's not what goes on. You have a direct link. You're a daughter of the king. You are valued. You're important. You're not called to abide in your husband. You're called to abide in Christ. You're a unique individual who God has made in his image. And actually, Peter goes on, and I think it's in verse um, 7, you are co we're co-heirs together. So actually, it's not that you get in because your husband's there. You're a co-heir. Everything that is the husband's in, in Christ is the wife. Because you're important to God. So we're not called to abide in our husbands. You're called to abide in Christ. So what does submitting look like then? I would say that what Peter is speaking about here is the calling that God places on a wife to honor her husband's leadership. Because we see through God's word that God calls husbands to lead their families. Husbands, men, I'm speaking to you here now. We have a responsibility for the spiritual temperature of our homes. If family worship doesn't happen in your home, that's, that's on us, men. We are to lead our families. I heard someone once say, if you were to take a note of um, who says let's, more in your marriage it's probably the wife let's do this let's do that let's go here let's go there and i think if if we were honest 
wives would sometimes wish, I wish he would just step up. I wish he would just go and fix that thing in the garage that he's been telling me he's going to do for ages. And I keep having to nagging him about it. Husbands, let's set the spiritual temperature in our homes like God calls us to do. Your wife might be and probably is far more talented, gifted than you. She's probably smarter and brighter than you. She's probably better at organizing things and and running the finances and being in control of all these things. But as husbands, we're still meant to lead, we're still called to lead our homes with our wives supporting us in that, honoring and affirming that leadership with their vast array of gifts that God has bestowed upon them as his daughters and as co-heirs in Christ with us. Our day looks at the blurring of the lines in, in gender. We see that and we've spoken about that, about that lots where there's just this free-for-all now and it's, you know, it's just chaos. But scripture clearly tells us that there's man and there's woman. And God has made us different. But in Christ, if we're in Christ this morning, we are co-heirs together in Christ. And what we read here is that God calls Christian wives to honor their husbands in how they lead their family. But here's another really important point. This is a voluntary submission. Peter doesn't say, husbands, make sure your wives submit to you. That's not what he says. Again, there's husbands who have overstepped the mark and that's what they've done. You need to submit to me. Anyone who's saying that doesn't understand the first thing about God leadership within a home. This is a voluntary submission. It's not our jobs as husbands to make sure our wives are submitting. But God, through his word, is calling Christian wives to submit to their own husbands. The Bible actually has a lot to say about marriage. And maybe... Maybe we're getting to the point now within society that we need to start as a church to reclaim some of the truth from God's word about what the Bible says on marriage. That if we want to be followers of Jesus, that we need to take seriously the call that he places upon marriage. There are things I would say within the evangelical wing of the church, especially within the evangelical wing of the Church of Scotland, that we have ignored and we've brushed under the carpet because of the cultural noise that are around about us. And like I said, we might stand up and speak out against same-sex marriage, but actually there are other things that the Bible teaches us and say about marriage that we ignore. We, we just we don't really take seriously because it's not that bad, we say. The Bible tells us, here's a few things the Bible tells us about marriage. It tells us that God's design for marriage is between one man and one woman. The Bible tells us that when we are followers of Jesus, we should only marry those who are also followers of Jesus. We shouldn't be unequally yoked. But the Bible tells us that if we are married to a non-Christian and come to Christ, that we should stay within that, um, that, that marriage. We shouldn't seek to leave. We shouldn't abandon them. The Bible tells us that sex is a gift from God that is to be enjoyed within marriage. The Bible tells us also that singleness is a gift from God. 
And the Bible rejects the view that I think the world and sometimes the church places upon people where we kind of say that to be single is somewhat to be not complete. That doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible actually tells us that singleness is a gift from the Lord. So if you're single, you are complete because you're in Christ. You don't need a spouse to make you any more whole. The Bible tells us that marriage should be for life and that there are only a few instances where um, divorce is permitted. The Bible tells us when remarriage is allowed. And the Bible tells us, we've read this morning, that wives should submit to their husbands. But hear this, that husbands should love their wives like Christ loves the church. Those are some really difficult truths to hear, to read, to preach, to own, to live out. But if you want to take seriously what the Bible says, if we want to be a people who stand firm upon God's word, and we, we, we want to honor the gift of marriage that God has given, these are things that we need to live out. Now this, you mean, tell me, is this an easy topic? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Maybe this has been the most nervous I've ever been standing up in Sandy Hills Church preaching, because it's one of these things that you know, and I'm sure there's people already who, have, who are disagreeing with some stuff that I've said. If that's the case, please hear me that I, I'm trying to deliver this with as much grace as possible. And if there's something you disagree with or you struggle with, speak to me. Please come and speak to me. This is countercultural, though. I am the son of parents who got divorced and who both then got remarried. And I have had to wrestle with what does the Bible say about my own family circumstances and situations. And it's difficult. I know how much hurt this can bring. But the, this is the Bible. We want to be a church to stand upon the word of God. And we're living in a day when there is an assault on God's design for marriage. It's everywhere. Whenever you're watching TV now, it's in everything, cartoons, adverts, there is this agenda that is a, there is this assault on God's design for marriage and, and how he has intended it to be. And as, as the church, we need to protect and stand up for biblical marriage. Why? Because it's the metaphor, it's how God depicts his relationship with his bride, that we are his bride. He is our bridegroom. Marriage is a metaphor for how God relates to his church. And when the world see Christian marriage, what they should see is a mirroring of God and his people. So your marriage should be a witness to those who are around you, testifying and pointing to your Savior. Like I said though, there's a caveat here where it says be subject to your own husband's wives. So this isn't speaking about women in general. He's clearly speaking to Christian wives here and about their relationship with their husbands. So this cannot be used, as sadly it sometimes has been, to bring some sort of argument that women are lesser than men because of what Peter is saying. That's not what Peter is saying. Actually, Paul in 1 Corinthians shows us the equality that is 
within marriage in chapter 7. I would encourage you to go home and read that because the Apostle Paul, he goes into marriage in a lot more depth than what we're seeing this morning in, in lots of different ways. And this isn't meant to be a submissive or a domineering relationship, but it's actually meant to be a beautiful one that is nurturing and builds each other up. Like I said, elsewhere in Scripture, we read that wives are to submit to their husbands, but that husbands are to, and the call on husbands are to love their wives like Christ loves the church. Husbands, do you hear that? You're to love your wife like Christ loves the church. Now I ask you, how did Christ love the church? He died on the cross for her. This is a huge calling that God places on us men. That actually we should be loving our wives like Christ loved. He gave himself for her. He died in her place. He was sacrificial. He served her. He washed his people's feet. Now who wouldn't as a wife want to submit to something like that? Where a husband is loving you and, and serving you and, and, and providing for you and there for you and sacrificially giving of himself for you. This isn't submissive or oppressive. This is meant to be beautiful. And this isn't meant to be a top-down thing. In our world, because we, we come with to, to the Bible with loaded words, so when we hear submit, we have this loaded negative connotations. But actually, here's a beautiful illustration of what the Bible is teaching us here, that this is the husband and this is the wife. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now, if that's all that happens is that you've got this wonky relationship where the husband is oppressive and top down. But actually, the call then is because they go together. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. He gave himself for her. Serve her. Be there for her. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. It's a building up thing. It's not a pushing down thing. It's meant to be nurturing. It's meant to build one another up. And women of God, if you're married to someone who isn't a believer, the call for you is to still honor your husband so that they may be one without a word by how you live your life. Be a light for Christ in your marriage. Through your conduct, show them the love of Christ by your pure conduct and by how respectful you are towards them. Peter says. Then in verses 3 to 6, Peter begins to develop this thought that reaches its climax in verse 7, where he speaks about being co-heirs um, in Christ together. And this is really important, and the Lord really pressed this on my heart for you today, women of God. And I want you to hear this, because the way that Peter begins this next part is that he affirms who you are in Christ. He begins by speaking about the external beauty that many women strive after, that many women are in this day are pressured into. Again, you talk about adverts. It's concealer that, it's hair dye this, it's Botox that, it's, it's relentless. There's this 
thought out there that as women that we need to continue to try and make ourselves look beautiful so that we're worth something. And what is that old advert that here, you know, because you're worth it. You know, nice soft hair because you're wor- your worth isn't found in how soft your hair is. It's not about the hair or the, the jewelry or the clothing. And, and, and I love that Peter's even having this chat here with the women in, 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 in the Bible times because there's nothing new under the sun. And I'm sure even the husbands in Peter's days asked the question, are you nearly ready? You know, the, 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 there's this longing to try and present ourselves, to make ourselves look beautiful for people who are out there. But what Peter actually shows us, and I love this, and women, I want you to hear this this morning, is that your beauty isn't external. What makes you beautiful is your heart. Your beauty is internal. It's your godly character. So it doesn't matter about how much concealer you have to wear or how much Botox you need to get or the crow's feet that you have in the corners of your eye or the the, the blusher and the hair dye and this and the that, that this world is la- pushing upon people and women. That's not where our beauty or our worth is found. But what God says is, regardless of the color of your hair, regardless of how big your lips are, regardless of the crow's feet in the corner of your eyes, regardless of how expensive your earrings or how, what label you're wearing, you're precious. In my sight. And again, that is a truth our world and our young people need to hear. That our worth and our value isn't external. But it's what God does on the inside that really counts and really matters. And just in closing, you then talks about being co-heirs together and what's fascinating is in the other and, and and in peter's day this there would have been a power struggle within household where women were were seen as less than than men that would have been the case but what i find fascinating is that citizens s- submit to government peter doesn't say anything to government Slaves submit to masters. Peter doesn't say anything to masters. Wives submit to your husbands. Now Peter's got a word to speak to the husbands. What does he say? Verse 7. Likewise husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to the women as the weaker vessel. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. So that your prayers may not be hindered. I honestly believe that because it's in God's word and it's God's plan that it is a joy and a blessing for women to submit to their husbands but only when their husbands are who God has called them to be. You need the two. The two go together. You need the two. The two go together. It's God's plan. And Peter calls the husbands to Live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, that's not talking about being considerate or, you know, <laughs> excuse the, 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 this example, but putting the toilet seat down. That's not what he's speaking about here. He's not talking about being considerate in that kind of way. What really is meant here is 
in light of knowledge. That would be what the, the closer um, to the Greek translation, in light of the knowledge of. Now, you can see why they've then, in our Bible translations, have gone for understanding. Knowledge, understanding, they seem synonymous with one another. But actually, live with them according to knowledge. That's what Peter said. And this refers to the husband's relationship with God. In light of your knowledge of who God is, husbands, his will, his word, that's how you should live with your wife. So what has been spoken about here is that husbands should live with their wives, being informed by the knowledge of who God is and what God says and his will. It's very much like that, you know, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And when Peter speaks about weaker vessels here, he's not saying that women are worthless or women are um, inferior or, you know, women don't matter as much in the kingdom. That's not what he's saying. We know, though, that on the whole, it's a massive generalization, and I'm sure there's lots of women that could beat me up. On the whole, though, men do seem, do oft, are often the more physically stronger by, by genetics and by nature. So what Peter is saying here is that even though you might be stronger than your wife, men, you must live with her in light of God and his ways, pointing to Christ in all you do and being an example of your Savior as you live out your salvation with fear and trembling. Husbands, serve your wives. Sacrificially love them. For that is the calling God places upon you as her husband. To be the God leaders that God has designed, creating places and spaces for our families and for our wives to flourish and grow and blossom and, and to enjoy the Lord and to be all who God has called them to be. Man, we need to stand up and be the godly fathers to our children that God wants us to be. Praying with them and teaching them. And, man, we need to stand up and be the godly husbands that God has called us to be praying for our wives and with our wives and setting the tone and setting the example and setting the spiritual temperature. Being like Joshua and declaring, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is the principle I think that Peter is teaching us here. Wives, honor your husband's leadership. And husbands, live with your wife in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. And see when the two go together, it's beautiful. Because it really is God's plan for a godly marriage. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we... We thank you for your word, Lord, and we know that it can be challenging. And We know, Lord, that there are areas, even though we're in Christ, there are areas in our life where it still jars and we still feel convicted. And Father, I, I ask, Lord, that as men of God in this place, Lord, that you would call us and you would make us 
to be the godly leaders that you intend us to be. Lord, I ask the question, why is it that so often men don't pray? Why is it that our denomination, the prayer warriors in our denomination, Lord, are most of the time are women? Lord, break off us anything that is keeping us silent as men of God in this place. And Lord, cause us to rise up and to be the men that you have made us to be, serving our wives, loving our families, sacrificially giving of ourselves for our spouse. And Lord, creating a home environment where it is a joy then for our spouse to honor our leadership. God, help us with this, we pray in your precious name. Amen.